listening to a podcast from Light FM. This is the Light Breakfast Show with Asha and Terry. Today, it's all about. In fact, this whole week we're doing the My Startup Story, finding out about fantastic startups, their journey so far, what's in the future. Today, we have Chin Ren Yi, co-founder of My Burger Lab. Ren Yi, thank you for joining us. Hey, Terry, thanks for having me. Now, there's so much to get into because My Burger Lab is quite an established brand, actually. But we're going to start at the very beginning, back right, in sure. 2012. When was that? That moment that you know it began, that thought in your mind that I shall start a burger, burger joint, <laughs> my well, burger lab. Well, How actually, did it begin? Well, actually, it ha- we have to go back one year back. Let's uh, do that. Let's 2011. go back. 2011. 2011. That's correct. Uh, and I was um, working as a barista in uh, one of us local cafe. Okay. And um, you know, I I was thinking, is this a career line that I want to move forward with? Because I was in between things. I just graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering, wow. but that wasn't something that I wanted to do. Uh, but FMB was kind of a passion that I did uh, when I was in school. But while I was studying, I worked in different cafes, restaurants, just because you know I wanted to earn some extra uh, money on the side. Yeah. But then I started realizing that I am pretty good at it, and mm. I'm st- slowly falling in love with the industry. Right. Uh, so after graduating, I was still kind of working in between restaurants because I was like, oh, do I want to get into the engineering uh, field. Right. So I was dealing with it full on then you're going to be There's no turning back. Right. 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 So then I decided to take a chance and say, "Hey, look, um I I want to pursue the F&B industry." Mm-hmm. Uh and that's where I rallied two of my uh friends, uh Chang Ming and Wicket back in the days, and I said, "Hey guys, uh you know, we've seen in and out uh burgers in the states yeah. and we don't see that version here in Malaysia. Right. Would you guys like to try um you know, starting something like that here?" So it was inspired by in and out. Uh yes, in and out Shake Shack. Right. Yeah. In a long story short, um we decided to do a pop-up store mm. uh back in the days at one of our friends place called the Red Bean Bag Cafe. Okay. Uh and you know because they were I friends, know Red Bean Bag it's Yes, um, it's very popular. It's uh, a neighborhood cafe. Hatamas, right? Public. Uh, they've, they've moved to actually they've moved to Bandar Utama. Oh, hey, no, okay. sorry. They've moved to uh near the curve. Right. Yeah, but originally you're right, Publica. Right. So it started there. It started there, okay. and I was their first barista as well. Wow. Yeah. So oh. while I was working there. I was helping him build the um, coffee aspect of his restaurant. Mm. I thought, okay. Um, I said, Kyung, uh, we would love to, um, you know, do our own business down the road. Since you're only open for breakfast and lunch, they are yeah. a brunch place. Uh, can I rent your space to do some oh. R and D? And I think that was my first taste of, you know, getting help from a fellow. Restauranter, and he said, "Yeah, sure, take it and go." Right. And the rental was like friend friend price lah. It was a uh, RM ringgit. Uh, Which definitely that, helped. Yeah, ringgit a hundred a day only. That's to it. Use the restaurant, yes. Wow. So we rented it for about ten days, but spread out over one and a half months, and okay. we did our R and D. So that's when you decided what worked, what people liked, or what people didn't like. That's correct. Okay, so how did how did that go? The R and D. Um, I mean, first session. It was pretty terrible. Uh, oh, people no. were saying, are, "Are you sure, guys? Are you sure you want to go down this route?" Do you, we want not? to know the details. Okay. <laughs> like when you say terrible, we love to hear all the the nitty gritty of how bad it was as well before the success came later. Well, I don't think the burgers were bad, but they were not special. Okay. It was like you know because each of us, two of us are engineers and one of us is a business grad. Right. And so we invited friends and family, and of course, friends and family are concerned and like yeah. you know none of you have FMB background. You know, other than the fact that we've worked in restaurant as waiters and baristas. Right. But that's Not enough to run a restaurant, right? Yeah, the first burgers uh, set of burgers went out, and the feedback was, you know, are you guys sure this is what you want to do? It's not that special. Uh, but the good news is, uh, you know, we were we were science based, uh, right. so we took 
feedback based on you know every aspect of the product so and how you was employ the, the methodology like that's correct yeah. so we uh, approach cooking to uh, using culinary science rather than culinary art so breaking mm. down the individual feedback the bun is too hard too soft and then mm. what people were looking for and understanding what ingredients you know result in what final product we want right. we were able to tweak it over the next few sessions so amazingly in uh, five sessions we were able to have uh, a product that people were like oh my god this is so good yeah yeah so yeah. then the second part of the story begins because in the first five six session uh, the buns were normal regular buns the you know yellow white buns yes then we said okay we have a product that people are kind of loving it mm-hmm. uh See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hear, I hear, I hear that tagline. I hear it. Yeah. Well, I mean, another part of another story. We can we can talk about them later. Yeah. But um, then we decided, okay, how can we differentiate ourselves? Yeah. Uh, and that's when I accidentally stumbled upon charcoal powder while I was shopping for baking ingredients. So I was the baker at the time, quote unquote baker. Okay. And uh, yeah, I saw this charcoal powder. Asked the shop assistant, "What is this? You know, black stuff. How do people use it?" Yeah. And he said, "Oh yeah, the Japanese use it to, to bake uh, charcoal loaves." So it was a common thing interesting um and we said oh what if it's you know uh in the form of burger so we tried it mm-hmm. uh, more importantly it didn't affect the taste of our product and it didn't change the texture it just added a layer of color uh and we tested on our guinea pigs then <laughs> uh and uh, i think you know it was the right time right place moment uh where instagram facebook was uh, starting to be used as right. a way to i guess show off what we we're eating what we were you know ootd and and, and the yep. likes yep. so it kind of got i i would say viral at that point although we weren't officially open yet but people started liking you know our friends posts whoever the po- had the burger right. they were like on top yeah, of tasting it. very good, it had a very visual element to it that made it stand it's out. It's a shock. Yeah. It's a it's a shock. Uh, what do you call it? A shock factor. Right. Yeah. So uh, of course the the first guests that had it, they were like, "Eh, why chow tao and right?" Uh, and ironically, <laughs> why does it look burnt? <laughs> why does it look burnt? <laughs> now, ironically, a few sessions before that, I did burn the buns. Oh. Uh, and we didn't serve it, but we were like, "Oh, it's black buns." But. How Somehow, do you even tell if it's burnt actually? Because it's already that color anyway. You can smell. Okay, <laughs> can got smell it, got it. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a few sessions later, we changed it to the charcoal buns yeah. and uh, we saw that people's reaction to it was generally positive. Mm. Uh, of course, there were a few that like, oh, gross, right? Uh, but <laughs> most of the reaction were like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then when they posted it, uh, friends of friends started commenting, hey, where can I get this? Right. Uh, and we started seeing our reservation for our pre- um, our testing sessions go up and we were like okay I think we're on to something right. and I think that was the advent of when you know um, people um, were using social media to to how to say to share their life right, and, and right. certain things that are so unique that it stands out and there's just a lot of like a lot of comments so it's a great happy the convenient connection of both timing and also a great product That's at the correct. same time yeah. right? so we knew we had a, a, a product that tasted good at the mm. time and also a product that stood out on its own mm. um, and after the 10th uh, testing session we closed down that pop-up mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to look for a location and that's how the very first location came about. That's correct, Sea Park. Wow. In uh, July of 2012. You've mentioned some of the challenges that you've gone through so far, including the challenge of being doing too well too early. Mm-hmm. But what other significant challenges do you can you think of to share? Like maybe the most significant ones that you had to go through up to this point. So I think it's a very common question that we get asked, you know, what are your challenges mm. running a business? Yeah. Um, in the first one, two years, I, I have answers. Then I realized that it's a never-ending 
uh, process, you get better problems as you go. Right, better problems. Better problems. There will right. always be problems. It's it's a problem of growth, right? As you grow <coughs> as a person, as a business, uh, you will face new challenges, and uh, I no longer see them as challenges, but just a part of the journey. So, for example, in the beginning, nobody wanted to rely on us when it comes to uh, getting uh, certain supplies. Right. So. I don't want to diss them, but I will give you a, 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 an example. But I'll use uh, letters to represent the brand. You go figure it out for okay. themselves. Okay. We're working with them now. We're very happy working with them now. Okay. But back in the days, we were nobody. So to be fair, right? So brand C, okay, we approach and say, hey, look, we have this concept where we want to put your products on the shelf, and so people can have free flow of those products, right? Uh, and brand C say, oh, um, you're not big enough. I can't oh. give you a free flow version of that. But you can buy, you know, smaller bottles or canned versions of this. And if you sell X amount, then we can consider that next step. Wow. Next step. I mean, it's it's a fair. To be fair, it's yeah. a fair assessment, a business assessment on their side. But brand P came in and said, yeah, we'll give it to you. Uh, and that helped us with that, you know, image that we wanted to build. You come mm. in here, you have a burger, you have free flow drinks. Right. Uh, so we w- it was just that kind of challenge when people didn't recognize us for who we are and that's fair right. like i said right. uh, but when you start gaining traction and uh, recognition then you know c came back and said hey you know about that after <laughs> you well yeah so i stayed loyal to p for you know significant amount of years even right. with customers you know telling us that uh you know <laughs> the other is better mm. um i think this is a matter of choice right uh, but i think it came to a point where i think five six years or seven years uh down the line and it had to become a business decision c started offering uh, a, a deal that we couldn't uh resist right and with that we bid farewell to p and thank them for you know servicing us and giving us the chance and we move on with C I think in business at the end of the day you know you can't hold grudges for too long as well uh, but those were small challenges in the beginning right now it's not a challenge anymore anyone that we want to talk to uh, I, I would be able to eat open doors so much quicker than mm. I, I used to yeah. uh, but these days it's a different challenge so say for example you know we're expanding right uh, and you have seven branches. We have so seven far. branches. Yeah. Uh, we've been stagnant for a while uh, mm-hmm. on the expansion side, but uh, with new investors coming in, we're we're going to be expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, negotiating with uh, different malls, different landlord, uh, because you're popular, right? Yeah. Uh, they they would drive a harder bargain, right? They say, oh, you want to come into my place? You know, it's, you're going to pay premium this and that. Right. So it's a different. Uh, ball game, and I understand as that as you grow, as other you grow. problems crop up. You better gotta, problems. There's always going to be problems. Better is problems. Better problems because the problems that come with the growth. That's correct. Right. I mean, right. back in the days, if you ask me, oh, uh, would you consider opening up in in tier one malls here and there? I would be like, I can't afford it, mm. right? Uh, but now in a we're in a position that we can afford it, so that's a better problem. But it's a different problem. Right. So, but there is one problem that's consistent throughout uh, our journey, and that would be people. Uh, not people problem, but uh, the the problem would be finding good talent to Human stay resource. in the company. Mm. I think FMB is a industry that don't always uh, pay well. Mm. Um, I, of course, one can say, "Hey, but you're the boss; you can decide how much to pay your team." Mm. But then, whatever I pay my team, it has to come from somewhere, and most of the time, that would be from the customer's pocket. Mm. So I can know I know why some places where they pay their team well, but in return you will be paying a premium price. Right. So w- the challenge for me for the longest time was that people couldn't perceive burgers burgers to be above a certain value, mm. especially in the mom and pop style shop that we have been representing ourselves as. Mm. They're like, you know what? 
Burger Lab, you're good, but you know I'm not gonna pay more than thirty ringgit for a burger. Right. Now that was an old problem, and why I say it's an old problem because we have new guys, uh, the likes of uh, Five Guys, mm-hmm. Shake Shack, that's coming in in uh, I think a couple of months. Yeah. Where their base price for a cheeseburger or for even a burger, a beef burger, you start yeah. at thirty ringgit. So that helps the perception of what right, value because is. Because everyone can see it elevated. That's a correct. rising tide raises all boats, right? That's correct. Oh uh, yeah. So. Um, just like how McDonald's paved the path for us, mm. you know that people are more accustomed to burgers. In fact, I would like to say Malaysia is a burger nation. Mm. Uh, we love our burgers. You know, from young we have our Happy Meal, we have our Ramly. We grew up eating burgers. That's all, true. Yeah. You know, no matter who we are, we yeah. all love burgers. So that's why I think the market is always there for us, and it's a thriving market. Yeah. So, but we need the big boys to to basically carve out the playing right. field. It's Wednesday morning, 7th of June on The Live Breakfast with Asha and Terry. And on today's My Startup Story, Terry caught up with the co-founder of My Burger Lab, Chen Renyi. So Renyi, tell us about some of the most unique and challenging burgers that you've come up with. I love a good challenge, you know, trying to make ingredients work. Right. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, tell me. Yeah, yes, so, tell us. Um, one of our most so-called famous uh, creation mm. uh, is the Elvis Burger. Uh, which is peanut butter, peanut I'm butter. guessing. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter. No banana. No banana. Yeah. Okay, so the Elvis that. version has okay. banana. You're yes, right. You know yes. you know your Elvis sandwich, right? I do right? know my Elvis food. <laughs> yes. So I think the original Elvis sandwich is uh, peanut butter, uh, banana, and bacon. Yes. Right. Uh, that's what killed him, I, I heard. Uh, <laughs> rumors ha- rumor well, has it. Well, if you believe he's dead, some people think he's still alive living in, in some beautiful oh, yeah. like, <laughs> island somewhere. Okay. So... For us, uh, we wanted to try something a little bit different. Right. And uh, I've seen peanut butter used in sandwiches before. I've seen IKEA meatballs served with jam. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, Malaysians, we do have PB&J. I mean, uh, at least my childhood, PB&J yeah. is something that's familiar. And uh, I saw IKEA meatballs. Malaysians love IKEA meatballs. So why not combine it together? So uh, taking the peanut butter part... Um, from El- the Elvis sandwich yeah. and then pairing it with a fruit. So I didn't originally we wanted to do uh, bananas, right. but the we have to control the ripeness and so mm. on. Then we're like, oh, it's too too much fun. So we used jam instead, and then uh, the Elvis was then coined. Uh, actually, it w- the original name is jamming with Elvis. Ah. It, it makes so much sense, right? <laughs> yes, it does. Because uh, so, instead of the banana, you've got the jam. Yep. Okay, I love it. I love a good pun. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that was one of our first uh, crazy creation, as, as you can call it. Right. And uh, I think the YouTubers back in the days, um, they, they, they really liked that product and they mm. helped us promote it. Like uh, because they liked it, they were like, "Oh my god, who would have thought this works?" And tastes so yeah, good. Tastes so good. Yeah, great uh, name. I, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, let's go a little bit extreme. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was challenged to make uh, a sambal petai burger. Oh. So there was this place uh, before us. Again, I have to give credit to where I take my inspiration from. Okay. Um, I can't remember the name right now, but it was a porky burger place that was famous for selling uh, sambal petai. Pork burgers. Interesting. Right? Okay. Uh, and I really like the combination. I thought it worked so well. And we wanted to do our own interpretation of it. Right. And I said, since I'm already doing Patai, which is known for its uh, funky smell, yes. why not go all the way and do the world's funkiest burger? So guess what ingredient I added? Durian for sure, right? No, no, no. Oh, no, it's no. not. Blue cheese. 
blue cheese. Yeah, so taking east okay. and west. Um, I think that's that's a little bit of what I try to do. I like to take western and in eastern uh, influences and try to right. find ways to make it work. That sounds like a very pungent. It is. Burger, it is. Right? It yeah. is. But here's the thing. So if A ingredient and C ingredient don't go well together, yeah. But A ingredient and B ingredient goes well, and yeah. then B and C goes well, you can put the three together. I love the methodology. I see how your mind works now. <laughs> so right? it's it's there's a formula to it. Yes, it's about bridging flavors. <laughs> right. So uh, the C, the B ingredient that bridges uh, sambal petai and blue cheese together is pineapple. Oh. So the 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 logic is very simple. I'm sure you guys have tried. Uh, sambal nanas Yes Right Which is a, a local delicacy Popular, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm sure If you eat blue cheese You pair it with fruits Well so that's normally On a platter yeah, On a platter you sit, yeah. Right So it's You know That tartness The sweetness of the fruit yeah. Pairs well with a funky cheese Yeah. So in logic This three can come together And voila It did Right So you bridge it together With the fruit That was the common denominator For both those items That's correct Wow. Yeah. So uh, a formula that we use, you, you talked about, you know, having a for- formulation uh, would be, you know, anchor and twist. So this was taught to me by an Australian friend. Uh, she said, you know, running a restaurant is not difficult, mm. uh, especially when it comes to creating menu, but you don't need to go, you know, all the way on the left, out on the left field right. all the time. Uh, you need something that people are familiar with. So the anchor, 70%, 80% flavor that we are familiar that with. That we already know and we already like. Yes. Okay. And then you give it that 20-30% twist. Right. But if you try to go the other way around where it's like a 70% you know weird <laughs> con- concoction yeah. right, and then only 20% that's familiar yeah. then then you, it, you most create the Frankenstein burger. That, yeah. You too, can do too, too much of a difference. That's correct. And people might not buy into it as quickly. That makes a lot of sense. There are so many other people out there trying their hardest to make their startup happen Mm -hmm. and they're struggling many people you know the struggle yourself already so for a person who is trying to do this trying to make that startup take off get it to take off what would your advice be you know something basic something that you think helped you that could help them you know what I I think my advice on this change changes every other year Hmm. Uh, at this juncture you have to understand a lot of people who came out of the COVID Hmm who had maybe even a great business during COVID or started up during COVID might see, hey, where's my sales gone? It's it's different now, Mm. right? Uh, Because people's behavior are changing. And now, of course, as I told you, I've closed down my uh, chicken buns as well. So I guess based on what I've learned in the last two years, seeing how the market is, I guess, still finding itself, Mm -hmm. um, know when to quit. That's no, really good advice. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't push on, you can't persevere. Because there, there is, uh, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. But you really no- need to know when to quit. Because the problem with entrepreneurs is generally when we don't like to give up. Mm. We don't like to give up. Um, but sometimes you need to cut your losses. Mm. Uh, so for me, I've cut my losses uh, with chicken buns. Or we have cut our losses with chicken buns. Um, I still have faith in it. I think we can bring it up back up you right. know somewhere down the road uh, we were also we are also considering closing one or two of our slower stores and relocating it so we are giving up on that location but right. possibly right. looking for a new one so knowing know when to cut the losses so that's really good advice I, yeah. I very few people are this candid and honest about the advice that they give so it's realizing when you need to put your efforts or to shift your efforts to a better place where it would be better, re- more rewarding to the business as well. And knowing that if this is not working, is it worth the effort to make it work or perhaps pivoting and trying something 
something else. Something else, yeah. I, that's fantastic advice. But I can't take credit for it. So oh, okay. this is a this is a, a, an advice that Chonglin gave me. I think about six years ago. Chonglin is the CEO of Nando's. Right. Uh, and she did say there will be a time that you some of your stores, even some of your best performing stores, might not be uh, getting the return that you used to have, and you right. need to know. Closing the first store you have will always be the most painful experience, but wow. it will come to a point where you will have to make that call. But of course, I understand not everyone is running a chain uh, business of stores, uh, even on the menu item. So I am proud of certain burgers. Yeah. I love it. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, why are, not pe- why are people not buying it? Why are people not appreciating it? Right. And it takes a bit of humility to say, okay, this doesn't work. It's time to take it off the menu. Just like how you went with your My Pizza Lab, you got to listen to the people and they're ultimately the ones that you are serving and they're the ones that are making your business that's work, correct. right? And that's the other piece of advice I think that, that we're learning from you is that also keeping people around you that you can learn something from, including, like you said, what's her name again? Chung- Chung Lin. Chung Lin. Yes, she's is? my mentor friend uh, as well, but... Uh, People that can help you and give you good advice is another great thing to have around yeah, you. Always when you're good to have mentors around. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S Y O K.